Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi everyone, welcome to our first Halloween special on... Is this place haunted? Yes, it is. This week it is. Yes, it is. How are you, Lauren? Oh, I'm Olivia. <laughs> and I'm Lauren. Um, I'm good, thank you for asking. Um, by the way, it's super October-like weather in Scotland right now. I'm not joking. I am loving it. So this morning I was journaling and I lit my pumpkin candle. I was drinking out of my pumpkin mug. Nice. And there was like a tree with orange leaves on it out the window. And I was just like, this is what life's about. <laughs> I know I I am um, I love October and not just because it's my birthday I just like I think it's like the best season it's meant to be 19 degrees on Saturday <sighs> that's fucked How I swear but it is well because we're, we're quite close to Belfast obviously so I mean I wonder what we're going to be here at the weekend I think there is supposed to be a lot of a heat wave oh what do you call it an Indian summer an Indian summer but I don't want it I want cold I want to wear my jacket and I want there to be pumpkins I know I'm uh I'm gonna like full on as everyone knows I'm living with my mom right now and I'm like my mom is like such a hard ass like she's hard as nails when it comes to like horror films and stuff so I'm gonna suggest for like a week solid we just watch like really spooky foreign films and stuff like you do the Halloween challenge What's that? Like, have you seen the things online that's like you watch something scary every day for the month of October? I feel like I do that. I feel like I do that anyway, every day of the year. (laughs) I think props. I'm sure our friend Andy over at Spooky Island Radio is on day, day like five of 31 of scary things. Oh, is that what Andy's doing? All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry if that's wrong, Andy. Well, the thing is, right, I was on TikTok last night and I've noticed that, like, because obviously I'm an idiot, but um, 
like I've noticed that all of my TikTok now is just like super, super scary, like like especially at night, it's like ghost videos, which I watch yeah. anyway, but like not at night though. Well, I was last night because so I was like, I'm gonna watch it. And then I was like, Ooh, like you're spooked out. <laughs> well, as I was saying to Lauren there just before we hit record, uh, for the first Halloween special, do you actually know what I'm planning to do? Is this a surprise for you? This is a surprise because we were. I, I thought we, our next episode was going to be like Friday the thirteenth, which is next episode next week. But we decided this yeah. offline. <laughs> so, yeah. So this week I am doing hauntings by serial killers. Oh, that is scary. I know it's dark, and obviously to talk about the hauntings, I've gone a little bit into what the guys have done as well. So. I think this might be an episode where shit happens and just in case people are listening and are wondering what those episodes were we both had weird shit happen to us after the Ouija board episode after mm-hmm, the haunted mm-hmm. dolls episode and was there a third one but the haunted dolls was definitely weird mm-hmm. haunted dolls was the most marked that was when there was your light going on and off there was weird stuff happening to me here was it one of the sinister sessions or was it the a70 one um- it might have been the A71, to be honest with you, um, with the aliens and stuff like that. By the way, I'm I'm literally just up the road from Turbrax now. Like, so weird. You like, like where that guy was driving to that night. I'm like, ooh, scary aliens. Make it abducted um, Halloween. Do you know what, by the way? I know I've said this before, but see that episode when I was talking about how the aliens said they're coming to Earth because we've basically screwed up the Earth. The environment's our fall like you know we're destroying this precious planet that's why they're coming and then all of a sudden now there's this thing you know the guy that was like spoke in front of congress and stuff there's also like apparently something really like fundamental is going to happen next year where the aliens are literally going to be like turn off and be like hey yeah we're here to start everything well i'm like buzzing for it i'm honest (laughs) they can fix what we've done like power to them i am honestly i'm like quite i don't know we're living in such weird times at the moment where like aliens aren't even like a big deal to us like oh my god they like they've admitted that there's aliens been visiting us and they've made all this technology and stuff and we're just like yeah whatever we can't afford bread <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're like yeah i can't put my electricity on to watch all the alien shit though so uh... <laughs> yeah. but where i live right now though is is super sco- like spooky like because it's right out in the middle of the moors it's like a row of houses and like i don't know it's like i could understand why aliens would come to this area if you know what i mean it's like it's quite desolate do you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. we should we need to do more alien episodes i, I do find them uh, i used to find them a little bit less scary because you now i'm like mm-hmm. are aliens actually just really elite <laughs> yeah are they just elite we should do more if there's there's so many i've actually noticed that in a lot of the other podcasts that have similar themes to us i've noticed a lot of them are doing like more alien content and um, like like for instance not to mention her again but yvette fielding has had like four episodes <laughs> in the past like couple months i'm sorry i'm sorry i really love her podcast honestly and like 
she's like so like thing is right with a vet she's like so like dead serious about it she's like she's like it's a fucking conspiracy like they all try and stop us from finding out this stuff like she's she's really into it like <laughs> i was like do you not, do you not think if we were all talking like this like 10 15 20 years ago we would literally be getting called like weirdos and now we're all like yeah no aliens are real 100 percent. so naive to believe yeah. we're in the universe that's what i could never understand like when people are like yeah i don't believe in them and i'm like the, the galaxy is like are you kidding we like, have no comprehension of how massive it is which is also what she said but we have no comprehension of how fucking huge it is we don't know how far it goes and uh i mean yeah anyway i don't think they're evil though no i don't think they're evil either um there's also like the fact that like and this is another theory that like basically what they are is like we've as a as a as a human race in like a thousand years time have managed to work out time travel so what what they are is like the evolved species of human coming back to mm. see what the fuck we're up to which Do makes sense <laughs> they kill hitler as well and i've got it as a future episode parallel universes and like <gasps> in time i love that i love it I love it. I've got an episode. I'm going to do it. I think it's November. I've got an episode um, in our in our color coded Google document. I know we're so organized. I've got another episode I need to add into that as well. That I thought of today, which I thought was really good, and I've got a book about it. That's how organized I am now. I've got a couple books on it. I nearly bought a book for today's episode, which obviously, as I said, is serial killer hauntings, because um, there was a book on one of the serial killers about somebody making contact with his ghost and shit. I didn't buy it because there was only three stars. It's <laughs> like not. Yeah, there two stars. No, read it on this, guys. I, I, I want to buy something else. So, hi everyone. This is Olivia. Just before we get into this week's episode, want to give full disclosure here. This is one of the darkest episodes we've done. There is going to be mention of murder rape, torture, sexual assault, suicide, and descriptions of graphic violence. Take this as your trigger warning. If this isn't for you, go ahead, skip this week, and we'll see you next week. Please consider this your warning. Also, as another side note, weird shit started happening in Lauren's house when we were recording this, so if you get haunted again, I'm really sorry. Yes, this week's episode is first of our more horrifying ones. So obviously last year for October, we did the month of macabre, which is one of my fave words ever. And macabre. we, was there weird things that happened during, is the Annalise Michelle episode I did? I can't remember, there was a weird thing. Um, but this week is serial killer hauntings. So I've focused on Ted Bundy and John, mm. Wayne, John Wayne Gacy. You're joking. <laughs> those bastards come back are you kidding yep yep they come back so and it's also just oh, it just gives me the shivers more than usual episodes and for reasons i don't need to explain it researching this like i did it in the light you know mm-hmm. you know it's so funny um john wayne gacy and um ted bundy are probably considered the most like like they're you know what's mad about them their interpersonal skills were fantastic like ted bundy was an amazing communicator so charming so obviously a psychopath as was john wayne gacy like 
John Wayne Gacy like ran for like office and stuff like that. Like he was beloved in his community. Like, Isn't so it what weird that people can be like that? So, yeah, they're so personal yet murderous in the worst way. <laughs> like, like that classic psychopathic narcissistic way that was so charming but so dangerous. Yeah, just manipulative and there's no base to them. Um, by the way, I love that we're like because we're like two women, we're like we know everything about like any any serial killer. We're like, yeah, we know loads about them. <laughs> like, and like, yeah, so Ted Bundy did st- his first murder in this state, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. We knew about that. I know. I I am actually anyway, sorry. So just before I get into it, obviously you know this about me, and like we're the same. Like I'm, we've always been interested in like the dark, the macabre, like true crime, all stuff like that. And I was talking to my therapist about it because he was like, would you say it affects like day-to-day life? And I was like, yeah, I'm really scared I'm going to get murdered by a man. <laughs> it's like, Do you know, I don't want to tell you it's irrational because you're able to back up every reason why you're scared. <laughs> I know. Do you know, it's really funny because you said that to me before about like the whole thing that you, you actually, like it's an actual, you co- consciously think about it. I actually don't. Like, it's not something that I consider, but it's maybe because of my Gaming. orientation, I suppose. Yeah, like, I, I don't really think about men. That was that not the right word. <laughs> Sorry, gayness. Because yeah. you're gayness. Um, well, it's true, though. Like, you like, know, literally. Because <laughs> I don't, like, if I go on dates, like, having said that, I've been out with quite tall people, quite mostly tall women. But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. I don't think about it at all. So I but guess statistically, there's less women murderers than than men, and when they murder, they tend to murder men. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, honestly, I'm like probably like Rihanna's. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, you're like, um, <laughs> 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 my my therapist said that watching it and knowing about serial killers and knowing true crime is almost like a form of self-harm like when you go home and binge it he's like you know that it's not good for you what not self-harm but like emotional self-harm because he's like you know that it's making you more scared i literally was thinking to myself like the other morning i woke up and i was like the first thing i did was watch a true crime documentary about something or other and I was like, oh my God, this is like my therapy, like not mm-hmm. therapy, but like, this is like, I love watching true crime stuff. Like I love watching it. And I'm like, this is just like, I don't know how to describe it. But it's not like self, self-care. self It's obviously not, but like, do you know what I mean? It's like, I enjoy watching this and I don't know why. It's weird. It's weird. It's I'm almost- not, cause I'm not into killing. I'm not like. Not, but it's almost like that. You're, it's so like unfathomable to most people that somebody would be able to do that that you're like how does somebody get to that point yeah maybe I find I think it's so like just to to warn everyone it's so like far removed to how my conscious is (laughs) like I'm like oh I find it quite interesting like I'm I'm basically like I don't think it's great (laughs) like Like it goes against interesting you know just to be human doesn't it but having said that and this is where I think he's coming from like I have been followed home three times in Aberdeen when I lived there Uh, (gasps) somebody one occasion like was pulling my bag trying to get me to go to his and was walking towards a car 
and I totally like blocked that out and and then when I was chatting to him he's like why are you scared to meet men like has something happened and I was like oh yeah I did you try and get me in a car <laughs> he was like oh Jesus <laughs> see it's... I totally blocked it out see I've not I've actually I think I've only felt intimidated by men mostly there was you know that guy at the gym I said the other day there that made that comment was it you I was telling about it yeah mm, don't think so oh my god right so, oh no it was Laura sorry apologies so basically I was going into the gym yesterday and there was like this young guy who was like working there and um there was a like a like a, a guy who must have been doing work in the gym like I don't know if he was whatever trade he was doing and he said something about and he said it loud enough for me to hear, right? And um, he was older. I would say he was older than me. So he's probably in his 40s. And he was like, the guy, the young guy was like, oh, don't worry. Like, you know, you can come and like work here. any, You know, you could come and um, join here any time and get like working on your fitness and stuff. And the guy was like, oh, I couldn't work here. Like, oh, I couldn't go here. I'd be too busy looking at all the girls and blah, blah, blah. And he... And he said it like loud enough that not only I heard it because he was looking at me as well. And I'm not like by any means, I'm not like a pure sex pot or whatever, but I was kind of like, that's directed at me. And then there was another girl coming out as well. And she was much younger than me. I would say she was like 18 or something. And it was also directed at her, like, like, so we could both hear him say it. And the young guy was like, you don't, he was like, he actually corrected him. He's like, you shouldn't think things like that. He's like, no, you wouldn't do that. Of course you wouldn't stuff. And I was like, you know what? Props to that younger guy because he was like, that's inappropriate to say that and stuff. So, so much. Sorry. The younger generation is so much better than like ours for that. They so are. For sure. But for any not for sure. men fucker listening, listen to this. This is the shit we have to deal with just to go to the fucking gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to have to deal with that shit. No. I mean, especially not as women pushing 40. I'm like, are you serious? Also, like, the it's last like, thing I need is somebody to be, like, looking at my appearance at the gym. I'm going homeless. I'm not here to look good, honey. I'm here to mm-hmm. I said that to my trainer the other day there. I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm stinking. I've got hairy legs and I'm wearing this old T-shirt. And he's like, <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to say this about my trainer as well. Um, He turned to me and went, Lauren, where what? And it, by the way, he's, like, 10 years younger than me. He was like, Lauren, wear what is ever comfortable to you. Like, wear what's comfortable. If you want to wear any shite to the gym, I don't judge you. And I'm like, you're precious. Like, thank you so much for saying that. And he's like, I don't care that you've got hairy knees. Oh, <laughs> like, no, I love he's that. A little babe. I honestly think Gen Z are going to change the world. Oh, yeah, I hope so. As long as they stop, like, knocking at, like, millennials. They seem to, like, have a thing with us. Like, just let me have my fucking side part. Although I do have a middle part, but you get me. Oh, I do now as well. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, that was a big long-winded... That was was a long-winded tangent. We've not done one for a while. But coming back to it, I think that it's important to realise as a woman true crime is close to home. The fact that I myself have been followed home through... Mm -hmm. Three times I've been followed, followed home once by myself, twice when I was with another girl. And one time me and my friend had to run. We had to run away from this guy and he ran. <gasps> it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. You see, now that you're saying that, I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, that did happen to me. Or that, like, I actually <clears throat> now remembering things. It's almost like normalized like, or like, just out. 
totally totally so I, we shouldn't have to be careful we shouldn't have to make sure we've got our keys between our knuckles when we go out we shouldn't have to not go for runs in the dark we shouldn't have to but men in this episode men like them have fucking ruined it for everyone so there you mm. anyway ready to start the the happy the happy episode let's go so i'm going to talk about ted bundy first so Ted Bundy is one of the most famous serial killers. We all know his name. Um, did you watch the the film about him that was like extremely wicked, something evil? Oh, with um, Zach Efron. Yeah, what is it? Is it what is it? <laughs> is that its full title? It's like, title something wicked or that? Wicked pecs. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like oh, got it. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. I have seen it, yeah. Yes. Um, do you think it glamorizes Ted Bundy? Um, no, but I, I actually, I, I thought it was very boring, actually, to be honest with you. Um, Our degree, but I, I, casting I watched it on as a like, serial killer, it's in itself is glamorizing serial killers for me. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they cast him because, like, you could find an actor that would look much more like Ted Bundy. And, you know, Ted Bundy, in fairness, was not unattractive you could but you don't have to cast a literal heartthrob like do you know what I mean like because he didn't look like that (laughs) like that's that's what I was gonna say like I'm gonna go and tell the horrendous things he's done I promise we will get to the horrible Halloween stuff but like it was all right people make out that he was like the stud I'm like he's not Jamie Dornan do you know what I mean no no he was he was like I guess conventionally attractive and he was obviously charming and all this type of shit so that like built his, I don't know his his whole vibe up or whatever. But like, yeah, he was just like an, a sort of he wasn't it's ugly. Where people always assume that, yeah, but people always assume that evil comes in some sort of repugnant package. And I think that's probably the that's against the norm. Do you know what I mean? The fact that he was appealing to certain a certain demographic. Do you know what I mean? I can't hear repugnant and not hear it in Meredith Mark's voice repugnant repugnant she's gone mad i'm i've actually not i've not caught up on last week's or i'm gonna watch this week's tonight so watch this week's gone a bit mental don't think she's okay good. no i don't think she is either anyway sorry anyway i think that i like i am what's the word procrastinating doing this just because it's creepy okay so ted bundy we all know him as one of history's most prolific serial killers His confirmed crimes spanned from 1974 to 1978, although it is believed that Ted Bundy has been linked with over 36 murders in the US. Specifically, he committed his crimes in Oregon, Washington, Utah, Idaho, Florida, Colorado, and California. He also admitted to committing his first kidnapping in 1969. I believe his murders started long before 1974, personally, and I think a lot of people do. They're just the first that have been documented. On death row and when he was indicted for the murders, he did indeed confess to killing at least 30 women, but was indicted for 20 murders. And he's murdered 20 known women. He escaped from prison twice. Twice. Hello. So he escaped in June of 1977. So that was June the 7th. 
and then he returned on June the 13th. And then he escaped again on December 30th, 1977. So literally like barely six months after. And he wasn't captured again until February 15th, 1978. So he actually committed murders during that time when he escaped as well. Jesus Christ. This is the thing when you look back and you're like, that was someone's daughter that literally could have been saved if prison had just worked. Mm -hmm. Ted Bundy was a very intelligent man. He studied law and in a classic narcissistic fashion, he decided he was going to be his own defense at his murder trial. His modus operandi was incredibly organized and he used his extensive knowledge of the law to plan his murder, to be very calculated about it. He would use techniques to murder women that were the quietest and the least likely to be heard by people outside. So he would normally go for strangulation or blunt force trauma. There was also the added benefit that he could do this using general household items that most people would have in their house. He was very planned in his approach to do the murders and was described as a meticulous researcher. He explored areas that were private enough to covertly dispose of the bodies. And he was very controlled in the amount of evidence he left behind, bearing in mind there was no DNA or anything like that at the time he did these murders. So he ensured he would leave no fingerprints behind or any forensic evidence. And he kind of evaded capture by looking normal. Like we said, he was essentially quite unremarkable. He didn't have any distinguishing features for people to say it was the guy with this. And police kind of commented on how haunting it was, how different he could look with just like the slightest change in his appearance. So he would often use props, sometimes actual costumes and would look like a completely different person. So he could change identity very quickly. The police said he looked different in every single photo that they took of him, even just from a slight change in his facial expression. And Ted Bundy was fully in control and aware that he could do that, and he used it to suit his own pursuit of murder. Ted was found guilty in 1975 of criminal assault and kidnapping before being suspected of murder whilst he was incarcerated for this. When he was facing the possibility of a murder charge, he escaped prison, like I said, twice and committed crimes, including murder during escape. He was finally recaptured and was charged with three times first degree murder, three times attempted first degree murder, aggravated kidnapping and burglary. He was sentenced to two death sentences to be served consecutively, which confuses me when America does that because I'm like, you're going to die the first time. Mm-hmm. But you know what? <laughs> Do you? Um, <laughs> All of Ted Bundy's known victims were white females. Most of them were from middle-class backgrounds and almost all were ages between the 15 and 25. And almost all were college students as well. He apparently wouldn't ever approach someone that he might know or might have met before. Ted Bundy was executed in the Rayford electric chair at 7.16 a.m. EST on Tuesday, January 24th, 1989. His last words, to his attorney, Jim Coleman, and a Methodist minister, Fred Lawrence. Jim and Fred, I'd like you to give my love to my family and friends. When he was getting executed, hundreds of people were outside and they danced, they were singing songs, they put off fireworks across from the prison as he was being executed. And then when his white hearse came out and he was departed from the prison, people were like screaming and cheering. He was cremated and then his ashes were scattered at an undisclosed location in the Cascade Range of Washington State, which was what he had asked for in his will. 
Now getting on to is this place haunted spin on things? Ted Bundy spoke of an entity that drove him to kill women. They said there was this entity, this evil inside him that he couldn't control. You would often refer to it as the malignant okay. being. So, you know, I was saying about, I was watching another another Chris Watt documentary thingy today. Mm-hmm. I was like, he started saying that, oh yeah, it was a, de- a demon that was like pushing me and all this and I didn't have any control over myself. And then he, honestly, I need to say any of this thing, but like, yeah, right. right. <laughs> like, he, Chris Watt's planned that. Fuck off. Anyway. He 100% did. Like, he did. He admitted he did. Anyway, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, that was a nice break because I find this stuff really dark. So yeah, Ted Bundy often referred to an entity or a malignant being as driving him to commit the kills. And he spoke of having a voice in his head that compelled him to commit these violent acts. And it was so strong that he was just unable to deny it. Um, he often would talk about himself in the third person, which is weird as fuck when people do shit like that. And mm. he then kind of started claiming that porn was the cause of the problem and that evil came into his life because he was watching porn. And in one of the interviews, he says, now let's consider the possibility that this person suffered some sort of acute onset of a desire that resulted in killing young women. How do you account for it? The early manifestations of the, this condition which is an interest concerning sexual images. Your standard fare you'd see in a movie house or Playboy magazines, some of it pretty grotesque, would preoccupy him more and more. It would reach a point where the anger, the frustration, the anxiety, the poor self-image, feeling cheated, wrong, insecure, he decides upon young, attractive women being the victims. Apparently this feeling grew and grew until the entity, quotes, controlled him and he would hear a voice and he did as the entity told him to do. However, um, some people call bullshit and are like, hmm, is he just trying to protect himself from legal repercussions of being a murderer? Probably. I think so. But with his girlfriend, um, when he was on the phone to her, he addressed the entity and he kind of had told his his most recent wife, I think he married her in prison, Carol Ann Boone, uh, that the entity wanted him to kill her, but he was he couldn't. But it was getting stronger, you know. He couldn't. Um, and he told his ex girlfriend Elizabeth Klopfer, um, that he was sick. He was consumed by something he didn't understand, and that he just couldn't contain it. He was preoccupied with this force. He was trying to maintain a normal life, and he just couldn't do it. I call bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. He's trying to get the insanity plea, obviously. 100%. The guy's a lawyer. He's not stupid. However, let's get onto his ghost. So, have you seen the Ghost Adventures serial killer special? I actually haven't. Oh my god. They go to um, they go to the this house that apparently Ted Bundy committed one of the murders in. He said to have taken them and, and done it there and you can go into it and people still do like demonic rituals and shit in it so that's not good it's a good it's quite a good episode oh, do you know zach bagans is just really waiting on me <gasps> i never thought i'd hear you say that is he daddy he's still daddy but like he's just ridiculous sometimes but well, all the time <laughs> oh, 
yeah. yeah, he is a bit. He's an extrovert. Oh, Let's put it that way. Dramatic all the time. He's like, this is concrete evidence. It's not. Mm. It's not. No, it's not. I watched the episode where he went to the Ted Bundy ritual house. So apparently, he abducted a seventeen-year-old named Deborah, Deborah Kent, at a car park in Utah, and he said to authorities that he actually took her back to the home where he kept her for over one day. No one knows where he murdered her, but her remains were found buried in Fruit Heights, Utah. However, locals have claimed that Ted Bundy killed Deborah Kent at an abandoned house, which is only 100 feet away from the car park where she was abducted. And there's ongoing satanic rituals there. And often when there is that element of a satanic panic, people run with it. He's a horrible man, but we don't even know that he definitely went there. But when they went to that house, there was a lot of evil, a lot of horrible things kind of came through. Um, and he says the evil that Ted Bundy and the, the, the energy in that house was just horrendous. And they actually made contact with a, a female spirit who they think is like stuck there in the basement. It's, what? It's awful. But I find that I take Zach Bagans with a pinch of salt. I do as well, to answer you. However, I have some really interesting stories about Ted Bundy's ghost that has been seen. So apparently he is quite active and mobile in his afterlife. And these stories are on Psychology Today. They're not on like ghost hunting websites, which makes me believe it more. <laughs> yeah, that's quite yeah. legit, right? <laughs> right. So um, he was very charming and very educated man, like we said. And gave interviews to people before he died um, to try and maybe get clout, I don't know. Um, apparently during his final hours, he pleaded with God for the first time. However, no effort obviously saved him. Um, he, before death, promised to provide more victim names and locations, but it wasn't enough and he was executed, like we said. In 2001, now bearing in mind he was executed in 1989, a guard from Florida State Prison where he spent, where Ted Bundy spent his final days, said that after Ted Bundy was electrocuted, was put to death, several guards saw him sitting casually on the electric chair, like date, like in 2001. Wow. Um, the guards said that Ted Bundy had a knowing smile, like that he had known something about the afterlife or known something about passing on that they didn't. And then when they walked over to speak to him, he would just disappear. They all saw it. <gasps> fucking hell and apparently there's been so many sightings of ted bundy at one point the warden couldn't find like any staff that would be willing to go in there alone in the execution chamber um and apparently he <laughs> this actually gives me the chills he showed up to where he was held in his cell on death row and his apparition would say to the guards well i beat all of you didn't i as in like i beat you to fucking Jesus Christ. His spirit has also been seen in the Chi Omega sorority house where he committed murders that earned him two charges. He's been seen also sitting on the porch of a building in Tallahassee in Florida where he rented a room there, but it was under a false name and he's just been seen sitting chilling under the porch. 
Some mediums have claimed to be able to channel Bundy's spirit. One said that Ted Bundy is interested in redeeming himself by assisting to help her solve murders. Uh, I don't know if I believe that, but in Washington state, there's been quite a few paranormal incidents. Apparently he's referred to by the students in Washington state university. He's called Teddy, the friendly ghost, as well as <gasps> best dead friend forever, BDFF. Apparently he's been seen helping people like walk home from nights out by themselves. Thing is, right, he's probably, if this is true, and I'm sure if people have reported it, they must have seen something. Like, he's probably refused to pass over because of his fear of where he's going to go because of, obviously he killed countless women. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's believable, right? He's trying to redeem himself so he doesn't go to wherever the bad people go. Mm-hmm. Somebody apparently contacted him by Ouija board there. Um he spelled out messages to them which don't point to a man trying to redeem himself like was said by that psychic so his messages spelled out i cannot touch them so many to kill and i cannot touch them it is my hell and then the author said that through the board ted bundy disclosed plans of joining jeffrey dammer and spelled out that's where the big time killing is Oh my god i know um I, ted bundy loved attention <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that continued in the afterlife and then interestingly after this this article was published more stuff came out about his ghosts so after this article was published another one was published after more information came out about ted bundy's spirit and apparently his ghost showed up again in may 2013 and it was from an inmate in florida state prison And it says that apparently the ghost of Ted Bundy is showing up there, according to one of the current inmates. For many years, there was rumours of his ghost appearing and this person didn't believe it. Now my mind has changed. I and other residents, including staff, have witnessed the ghost on many occasions and it is definitely Bundy. His ghost comes in the early morning before dawn in our housing unit and into different cells. He's always smiling. It's like a white blue mist, but it's so detailed. Some of the other inmates have heard him talking, but I haven't heard that yet. Oh my God. Apparently, Ted has walked up to people he was friends with in the prison and said, do you want to come and hang out? And like, just chat. <gasps> and I know. Fucking hell. I know. <laughs> Lauren had to go and turn another light on. <laughs> I know, I was too scared there. And also, by the way, I don't mean to freak you out, but like, I literally was like looking down there and then looked up and then all I heard was this sound behind me. I was like, what the fuck? And I looked around and the, and the cats just like looked at me like, what? <laughs> That's weird, honey. Maybe it was indigestion. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a wee fart kid, like cracking out or whatever. Like, oh, it was your cat. Weird. <laughs> Lily Collins, who played Liz Kendall, whose real name was Elizabeth Kopfer, she was the one who... Ted Bundy had spoken about that entity that overtook him, said that during the the making of that film, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile, or as we called it, like wicked and like evil or something. Um, <laughs> Colin said that at times the energy got so heavy that she would wake up every night at 3.05. Oh, 
And after doing some research, she believes that the wake up calls were the ghosts of Bundy's victims. And she believes they were trying to make contact with her. She says, I started being woken up by flashes of images and it felt like the aftermath of a struggle. I've discovered that 3 a.m. is the time when the veils between the realms is the thinnest and one that can be visited. She said it was less scary and more heartening. And she said, I didn't feel scared. I felt supported. It was like, we're listening. We're here to support and thank you for telling our story. I hope that's true. I hope they found comfort in like, mm, I hope so too. being able to tell their story. I had no idea, by the way, about that. Like, you always assume once they're killed, they're like, oh, good, we never have to deal with that shit again. <laughs> like, oh, it's scary. I've got one last thing about him, actually. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Like, no. Oh, God. Um, so a contractor was hired to remodel his childhood home. And they have encountered ghosts in that residence. And there was, like... Apparently when he was done, like he was calling in pastors, he was scrolling like Bible verses on the walls, and he was like, I don't believe in this shit, but this house made me believe in that shit. He was hired to work oh my in God. a four-bedroom home. He started to notice like small, eerie things kind of going on quite soon after starting work. And he said, periodically throughout the course of the job, we had weird things happening. Cell phones and other electronic devices would get unplugged or immediately die without explanations. And then on at least two occasions, the words leave and help me were found written in the house. One was on a sheet oh of dust in the bedroom floor and one was on a basement window. Then the dressers began to fall over, drawers opened on their own. The doors were locked and nobody was inside. And then the real estate broker said, it was really eerie, but really neat. Sorry for the big laugh there. That was so funny. <laughs> so neat. Yeah, oh, that's the most American sentence I've heard in a wee while. Uh, love it. <laughs> I love it. And that would be our reaction, be like, that's pure spooky, but that's also brilliant. Um, that's so cool. <laughs> so when things got bad, like I said, he started to write Bible verses on the, wa- the walls, called in two pastors. The pair went from room to room, blessing it. And he said, everything in that house fought us. That's what he felt like. And then he took his daughter with him one day to do something. I, I, I think she comes and likes to look at the houses he works on. And she started crying mm. and she was like, it feels weird. I don't like it here. Oh, God. Um, <sighs> so he began kind of scoping it out with the neighbours next door to this house. And he then realised after speaking to him, speaking to them then, and they said that's Ted Bundy's old house, and he was like, "Fuck, shit." No, can you imagine being in a house that's that creepy and being like, "This feels awful. This feels weird," and then somebody being like, "Oh yeah, Ted Bundy lived there." Yeah, that would be that would be freaky. To be fair, that's a, yeah. So are we ready to move? I nearly did three. I'm so glad I only did the two. I'm glad you only did two, by the way. I'm freaked out already. Like, oh my god, go to big, big Jono. Also, by the way, not to show you this, but I'm going foraging. Uh, just lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to go on a proper foraging like expedition next weekend, and I bought this knife <laughs> for cutting mushrooms. Fucking hell, Lauren! What is wrong? With you? Just, <laughs> but it's just for, Captain hooked me. It's for, and I was like, <laughs> um, I just realised I bought it. 
Um, like it's funny, I got ID dolls at the door by Amazon, but it's it's generally for obviously cutting mushrooms and berries and shit like that. So, but anyway, and oh in, in the spirit of uh, <laughs> spirit of murdering, you're gonna murder some forage and stuff. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're on to the second piece of shit. John Wayne Gacy Jr., who is also known as the killer clown, which is truly terrifying. John Wayne Gacy was active in crimes from 1967 to 1978. His very first charge was sodomy in Iowa, which was um, a crime he committed against a 15-year-old boy named Donald Verhees Jr. Now, Donald Verhees Jr., who I'll refer to as Verhees from now on, was the son of Donald Verhees Sr., a local politician. So Gacy intentionally lured Verhees to his home. He promised to show him porn, straight porn. Donald was 15 um, and this was in August 1967. This was his first crime. He absolutely plied Verhees with alcohol and made him kind of become belligerent. He then would put on porn, it was straight porn. And then when Verhees was super drunk and completely unable to consent, he told him to engage in mutual oral sex with him. He said, you have to have sex with a man before you have sex with a woman. It's just heartbreaking when you think to when you were that young age and like you're going through those thoughts and changes. It's like just totally taking advantage of that teenage mindset, isn't it? He would also trick other young men into believing they were assisting with research into, quote, homosexual experiments for scientific research, end quote. He paid all of them $50 each. So in March 1968, seven months after, Furhees informed his father of the sexual assault. And understandably, his father was fucking raging and horrified and went straight to the police. Rightly so. John Wayne Gacy was charged with oral sodomy and attempted sexual assault of another 16-year-old boy. He was indicted in May 1968 and he demanded to take a polygraph. He was like, I'm innocent, blah, 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 I've not done this. And then they did a lie detector test and they were like, oh yeah, you're lying though. Mm. <laughs> you, you fucked yourself. Um, so he was psychiatrically evaluated at this point and he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder which has elements of sociopathy and or psychopathy and that basically means like his ability to have human empathy to feel things is not there um 
But what was really striking throughout all of his crimes is his total inability to take responsibility. So when he was evaluated and diagnosed with that disorder, the psychiatrist, there was two, felt he was unlikely to benefit from any treatment. He was likely to repeatedly cause conflict in his society due to his behaviour. And this is a quote from the psychiatric evaluation. The most striking aspect of the test results is the patient's total denial of responsibility for everything that happened to him. He can produce an alibi for everything. He presents himself as a victim of circumstances and blames other people who are out to get him. The patient attempts to assure a sympathetic response by depicting himself at the mercy of a hostile environment. He did, however, end up pleading guilty in November 1968 to the oral sodomy against Furhees, but he denied being guilty of the other charges he was face, facing at the time. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And when he was in prison, he was a model prisoner. He worked as the head chef, joined the inmate JC chapter. He was politically active as a Democrat. He built a mini golf in the prison for everyone. Um, and he was released on probation in June 1970. And I literally have this written in all caps, two years into a 10 year sentence. What? That is diabolical. However, he did have strict probation rules. He had to have a curfew every night. He was ordered to return to the home of his mother in Chicago and live with her for 12 months. Apparently at this time he was adamant he was never going back to jail. He would never commit another crime, tell everyone I'll cut him, never go back. However, by February 1971, so that is seven months after he was released, he'd already been charged with assaulting a teenage boy. The case, however, was dismissed after he failed to show up at court. He just didn't show up and they're like, ah, well, who can be asked? Also, in hindsight, I'm like, <laughs> they probably murdered him. Probably. Literally. It's awful. It's awful. There's so much infuriating details in this case. Um, so by February 71, he'd been charged with assaulting that teenage boy and then in June he was arrested for aggravated sexual battery and restless conduct. The young man who had been assaulted at this point said Gacy had flashed a police badge at him which was obviously fake, lured him into the car in the back seat and then forced forced him to give Gacy oral sex. Sorry it's just hard to read. Um, charges at that time were dropped. Don't fucking know why don't know why it's infuriating but because all of this took place in illinois because he had the the parole um rules to be in chicago iowa where he was imprisoned had no idea that this was going on so the board of parole in iowa didn't know he hadn't kept his parole which you would think if you've ordered him to parole in a different state you'd keep a fucking eye in that state Mm -hmm. see when you look back and you're like all the people you could you could have saved like over 30 people's lives. Yeah. Anyway, his parole ended in October 1971. And at this time, his criminal conviction records were sealed in Iowa. So there was no information that they could give about him after that. What the actual fuck makes me so angry. So after this, he bought a home on 8213 West Summerdale Avenue, Illinois. And this was in metropolitan Chicago. He lived there from 1971 until he was arrested in 1978. As we spoke about, he was super active as the good guy in his community. He would plow the snow for his neighbours without them even asking and lend them all construction tools. And every year he hosted an annual summer party. Chillingly at a couple of the parties, I've read uh, that people were like, there's a weird smell in here. And he was like, oh yeah, it's just mould. 
Mm. I think we know what that's going to be. Uh, but behind closed doors, his marriage with his second wife at this time was coming to a heated head. He admitted he was bisexual to his wife and told her after they'd had sex on Mother's Day 1975, that's the last time we're ever going to have sex. And they were divorced a year later. Throughout all this time, he worked as a clown. So he joined the Jolly Joker Clown Club and worked free of charge at parties, children's parties, political functions, charity events, and went into children's hospitals. Bloody hell. He worked as two different clowns. I think the most well-known is Pogo the Clown as his like alter ego. But he would describe Pogo the Clown as his fun clown and Patches the Clown, who was his more serious clown. Between 1972 and 1978, John Wayne Gacy claimed the lives of at least 33 young men and boys, and they they all could have been saved if his parole had just fucking worked. 26 of those lives were lost and buried in his house. His modus operandi was always to ply them with alcohol, drugs, or both. He would show them a magic trick, cuff his own hands, and then show how he can magically release himself. But he would actually release himself using a hidden key. And he would say, I'm going to show you how to do this trick. It's really cool. So he would get them to pop their hands behind their back and pop the handcuffs on. And then once they were restrained, he began to torture and sexually assault them. He often further incapacitated them by sitting on their chest or straddling on their chest because he's a big guy. He's a huge guy. So if your your hands are tied, he's sitting on top of you. You are stuck. And then he would force them to perform oral sex on him. He violated them with sex toys and prescription pill bottles would often manacle their ankles together to to restrain them further he would also slowly kill victims at times with what he called the rope trick which was basically slowly slowly using a garrote to gradually asphyxiate them he said the victims would have seizures for one to two hours before they would eventually die so it basically prolonged their plight that's horrendous i know awful that's awful yeah it's terrible Almost all of his victims were murdered between 3am and 6am. After he killed them, he would put their bodies under his bed for up to a day before putting them in the crawl space of his basement. He would pour quick lime on them to speed up the decomposition process. And for some of them, he would embalm them in his garage. As I said, he would cover up the smell by saying he had mould or he had damp. Um, but... In the lead up to his arrest, and obviously I haven't gone into it because we ain't a true crime podcast, they were watching him. He was being monitored by police before he was arrested and he was actually part of the reason he was caught was because one of the officers obviously knows the smell of decomposition and he smelt it coming through the heating vent. And this hadn't been picked up by prior officers because the heating hadn't been turned on until that day. Oh my God. smell all the the decomposition. So... Gacy is a piece of shit, but mm-hmm. he's obviously quite active in the community and, you know, on paper, model citizen helps all, all his neighbours. However, after his divorce, people did note that he changed his behaviour quite a lot. He was often seen with young men and they heard his car come in or leave really early in the morning and they would see lights in his home switch on and off really early hours. And this is honestly one of the most chilling things I've read. One of his neighbors in hindsight said for several years i've heard like muffled high-pitched screaming shouting and crying that actually wakened me and my son up what 
Phone the police, girl. Yeah, phone the police. Bloody hell. Imagine in hindsight knowing that that's what you heard. I know. It's like the Jeffrey Dahmer neighbours as well, like that poor woman that kept saying, something's going on. She tried. She tried, was ignored, but like horrendous. So something that John Wayne Gacy did, particularly in prison, was start to paint. He would do a self-portrait of himself as Pogo the Clown and signed it. And um, he did this in the 1990s for his execution and depicted his alter ego, Pogo the Clown, which is obviously the happy, fun clown. A musician called Nicky Stone purchased this for £3,000 in 2001. However, he began to greatly regret this purchase when soon after it, his dog died, his mother got cancer, and he was like, fuck this painting, I am not doing this. So he gave it to a friend. The friend offered to keep it, and then soon after, the friend's neighbour died in a car crash. So they gave it to another friend to put took it and put it in storage. Burn it. 100%. Return, get your receipt. Mm. A second friend was then said, oh, I'll take it and put it into storage, and then attempted to complete suicide. So the patient has actually never been hung up on a wall and then was just donated to a local art dealer at this point. Then kind of stories came out that his house was haunted. So quite soon after he committed the murders, they demolished the house um, and built a new house, but it sat empty for years, probably because nobody wants to even live on that ground where so many people were killed and and buried in the crawl space. and people apparently can hear and see his victims walking around. There's a bit less on Gacy as a ghost, more his painting. Um, but just as a to end on a bit of a crazy side note, I was on Reddit looking for stuff, and somebody was um, at home at his grandparents, and they found this old business card, and apparently John Wayne Gacy had done construction for them, and they've got John Wayne Gacy's <gasps> business card. Oh my god. Isn't that wild? Can you imagine? Uh-huh. So I can put it on our Instagram for this episode, but it says PDM Contractors John Gacy and it's got his address. That's awful. So that's where I'm going to end it today. You will be glad to know. I think you should. <laughs> yeah, I'm like properly like, oh! <laughs> that was like so scary babes thanks very much i'm pure freaked out like mum because mum's not here either and i'm sat in the dark <gasps> same i'm gonna have to come watch something fun i know can't wait to watch the chase but yeah that was super interesting like i had no idea that like you know when serial killers get like put to death as they bloody should be um not that i'm in favor of obviously the corporal uh, capital punishment but <laughs> Honest to God, like you don't expect them to be like, "Hi, I'm still cutting about." <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like an American Horror Story when Emma Roberts is like, "I bet you thought you saw the last of me, bitch." Oh God, I love that series. Same. Um, but quite seriously, like that was that was proper scary, babes. And that weird noise earlier. And by the way, something else when you were talking earlier went Bing! downstairs. I was like. Ah! Is it coming from your end? My end, yeah. Like oh, downstairs. Thank God. <laughs> Just joking. I know, I know. I was like, <laughs> making it all freaky in my house. Um, yeah, no, that was like super scary. And also, I, 
you know, fuck off Ted Bundy. Like, fuck off into the, the bad side now. Like, Wait, like fuck about trying to, like, fix yourself. Go to eternal damnation, bitch. Go to that. Go to that, you bitch. Or get reincarnated as a rubber tire or something. Get car- incar- but- reincarnated as, like, a dung beetle. A dung beetle, yeah. Or a, toilet. a low-level reality show. <laughs> a toilet in a yeah. Mexican restaurant. <laughs> toilet in Chipotle. Oh, my God, that's... That's a really bad afterlife or new life. Um, But no, that was super scary. Thank you so so much. Oh my God. I'm actually genuinely going to have to go and watch something like positive now. You know what I mean? Dark. That was a dark episode. I mean, we normally do creepy. We normally do spooky, but that was dark. That was dark. I often think we should do more serial killer episodes. I know there's so many serial killer like podcasts out there, but we are quite interested in it. Do you know what I mean? We should maybe do oh, another special. I'll let you take that one. I don't think <laughs> I don't think I can take this. <laughs> I know, but you told that really well. Honestly, you're well done. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And listen, we're up in the game for this spooky month. Bonus eps, left, right, center. Can't wait. I'm very excited for next week's episode. Do you want to give a wee sneak peek on what it's going to be? Yeah, next week is actually going to be on Friday the 13th, on Friday the 13th. So talking about Love the it. history of it, history of it, the um, different things that have happened through the ages and also weird things that have happened on Friday the 13th, which actually is like, they did a statistical like assessment of whether this is the case or not, but it, it's hard to believe that it isn't because there's really? so many horrendous stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah really weird and um, so that's next week woohoo and then mm-hmm. the week after we're gonna have another spooky bonus episode so mm-hmm. it'll be weekly for the month of uh our fave month fave month spooky season at the end of the month you'll be here i know i'm so excited i can't wait to go to that jail i'm buzzing about it i'm same. actually buzzing i can't wait to go same i was like looking for parking spaces today for you to park so i can t- it's gonna be fabulous <laughs> Fabulous. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna bring all the recorders, dictaphones, I'm gonna get the like the apps downloaded. We're gonna make communication. It's gonna happen. I'm sorry. Um, Don't tell Emma, but it's definitely gonna happen. <laughs> also, um, I wanna get the the app that they use on Help My House is Haunted. <gasps> By the way. Mexophonic, is that what it is? I think it yeah, I think it is, and I'm willing to pay for that by the way. Um have you watched any of the new series? No, I've not. I've not. This is oh this is enough darkness it's for me. So I'm not going to lie. It's so good. The third episode, I was like, I actually was listening to it while I was making my mum's dinner, and I actually had to shout through. I was like, "Mum, this is actually so scary." <laughs> she was like, "What are you watching?" I was like, "This woman, she's been possessed." Honestly, no. you need to watch it. It's so scary. Well, um, I just I, I need them. to I need to detail Bundy and D Gacy for a bit. Yeah, I hear that. But honestly, it's such a good series. Um, yeah. But yeah, looking forward to coming over. Um, one note before we go, guys, um, just to remind everyone, if you do listen to the podcast, can you please, please rate us um, or give us a review, give us feedback. Also, please follow us on social media. We do appreciate it and it just builds up our, our presence to a wider audience. So please do. Sorry to point that out, but I had to. No, please rate and review us on iTunes. It makes such a difference. And, um, it really does. Also, Spotify, you can rate us. Follow us on Instagram. We're hilarious. We post polls. Mm-hmm. 
post memes love it mm-hmm. but um the month of october is bringing more memes and stuff and it's amazing so i love it but thank you for all of y'all who've supported us and also just as another side note we are truly honored to be chosen as one of the exclusive podcasts on amazon music where you can go and listen ad free if the ads are annoying you but your bitch has got to make money gotta make money gotta make money yeah so subscribe on amazon if you can thank you guys so much and we'll see you on friday the 13th see you next week guys bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.